The Supreme Report with attorney Tom Winslow on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. What you want, baby, I got it. What you need, do you know I got it? All I'm asking. We're waiting for the hook. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. It is the Supreme Report with Tom Winslow of Winslow Law. We got a lot to talk about today. Good morning. Morning, morning. Thank you all for having me. Boy, we're having a pre-interview this morning. Uh, we're talking about the death penalty. We're talking about the abortion California bill. So that's uh, how big a nerd I am. I like waking up, talk about the law immediately. I know. I know. I know. And uh, I, I've been my, trying to wrap my head around that. But you brought some cases that could be impacting our lives. Uh, let's talk about them. I don't, don't want to run out of time. No, absolutely. So obviously, I heard you talking about the Texas uh, death penalty case. But as you know, South Carolina has had a number of death penalty things going on lately. We talked about one last time I was here, Mm -hmm. and there's two more currently going on. Uh, The biggest thing from the last one that we talked about was basically Justice Hearn's argument of what we call the disparity in the punishment to the crime. So in in the last one, it was a a man who went into a store to burglarize the store, and he ended up getting a gun from the clerk and shooting the clerk with the gun, basically, is what Mm -hmm. happened. And in Lexington County, they gave him the death penalty. And, and she said that it wasn't intentional, it wasn't premeditated kind of concept, right? But the jury found it was, and the jury sentenced him to death. And he wanted the firing squad, ladies and gentlemen. Now you can do firing squad right. or electric chair. But they recently just put that on hold uh, to, to make sure that it's all constitutional. So they've actually stayed that one. To make sure the firing squad is To make sure that, because at the time of his sentencing, the firing squad was not there, but lethal injection was. But now, of course, lethal injection is mm. not there anymore. So they're saying that maybe there's an issue with that. So they've got that on hold. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only one. So now you've also got a case in South Carolina with Jerome Jenkins, who was a, very similar to that same situation where he went in to rob a store, but he actually took the gun with him into the store. Mm-hmm. And they upheld that one on the death penalty uh, unanimously, saying that he went in with the gun. So it was an aggravated situation that actually might be uh, a facilitator of that crime. And so they've actually upheld that one. So that's two, right? I mean, think about it. We haven't had a death penalty case or an execution in about 10 years in South Carolina. Wow. And so that's two in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only one. There's another one um, that is going on. And it's, it's Sigmund. His execution date is scheduled for May 13th. And so— What we, did he choose, does it say? And so, and again, they uh, almost all these people now are choosing for the— uh, the firing squad because mm-hmm. they don't want the electrocution because yes, they all saw the last green mile. That might be, that might, <laughs> that's that's that might be true. Nobody wants the electrocution. That might be true. <laughs> uh, but you know the problem is that you know the reason they did the firing squad is because the drugs for lethal injection are mm-hmm. not available anymore. And these all three of these guys have the same situation where you know when they were sentenced to death, the the drugs were kind of the preferred method. They were actually the default method. If someone was not going to choose, I'm not choosing. The drugs were the default method. And so firing squad was not there. That's why the legislature put it into place to kind of give that alternative. Mm-hmm. But now they're using it, again, as a rationale behind not actually doing the death penalty. And what you're seeing, again, with your Texas case, these South Carolina cases, is a big push to almost uh, eliminate the death penalty, to push back the death penalty, because there's, there are so many issues with it, right? And that's and that's just my—you understand my stance on it. You know, I don't have the right to judge life or death. That's not my place. That's God's place. That's mm-hmm. me, right? And so that's with a child with an abortion or with an adult with the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll let God make his judgment. Right. And so with that being said, these people were sentenced to death, and, and the, but the jury gave their opinion as to what that should be. And we have to respect that opinion, in, in my opinion. 
Uh, that's what our legal system is based on is that jury. And so it's, it's really interesting to see such a big push nowadays, both in South Carolina and in Texas, which I would consider probably two of the more strong, conservative, judicially prudent states in our, in our nation. And so to see that three in South Carolina, the one in Texas is really quite interesting to me. Mm. It is um, it, this whole thing with I, I don't understand. Are these drug companies? Uh, has there been ever a case against the drug companies that refuse to provide these drugs, these raw material drugs? So what I know about these drugs is that there's so many regulations in the U.S. that they're not really made here. They're more made in Europe. And, oh, and okay. in Europe right now, there's a. Do they have the death penalty There's a there? Mo- not, not really. There's yeah, just the, just the drugs. So. There's a movement. I guess what I guess it depends on what uh, country you go to because technically Russia's in a yeah, that's Europe, true. so I'm sure yeah, they have the true. death penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, there's these drugs being made there, and there's a big push for them not to provide the drugs to us. What do they do with the drugs if they're not killing people with them? Well, maybe, Are they used for other things? Maybe they're just not even making them anymore. That's the mm. problem. You know, it's been 10 years. It's not like it's been a six-month delay or a supply chain issue. It's been 10 years. So it's yeah. a, clearly some kind of intentional action, which now – and kudos to the state, the state legislature, try to find a workaround with the death with the uh, firing squad. Isn't it amazing though that these companies have no problem providing those drugs for medication abortions that I've been learning Euthana- more and more Euthanasia. about? I, yeah. It's unbelievable. They have no problem with that, but bad guys. I'll say, yeah, we'll, we'll give you, you know, drugs to kill yourself, but you know when you actually kill someone else, <laughs> we're against that. We're against. It's so weird, right? right? Or it's you can crazy. kill a baby. Here's the drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah do, no it, do what you want. But I'll tell you, what, this is, and I don't know if you guys know this. We talk about the death penalty cases in in the Supreme Court, but the biggest case that came out recently from the South Carolina Supreme Court was actually a case involving the churches. And I don't know if you know about this one or not. This mm-hmm. is a huge case that's been going on for probably 10 years, maybe 15 years. I'm not even sure. All right. Refresh my It's memory. the Episcopal Diocese. Okay. So the Episcopal Diocese here in Char- Charleston, the lower diocese, basically Columbia South, uh, separated from the, the, the Episcopal Church, the National Church. Mm-hmm. And this has been happening all over the country. I and, remember something with the Methodist Church. And this is and the same kind of concept. They separated because of difference in opinion on certain elements of uh-huh. religion and, and, and yeah. God and the Bible. But they created what was called the Dennis Canon a, a while back. I mean, back in like 1976, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That basically the argument was: did that did that adherence to this doctrine create a trust between our local churches and the national church? And basically, what that means is: did you create a trust where you actually gave your possessions to this other church? So it's important because other organizations, Lions Club, Rotaries, etc., anyone that's a part of a local organization, but that local organization is part of a bigger national or international mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. Can you create just through um, not not signing anything really, not doing anything other than just saying, I adhere to that, basically. That's what they're trying to do. Like, what's that element of how far can you push it? So if you become a member, I mean, that's kind of, you're you're agreeing with the, the, the premise of whatever organization that is. The mission, the mission of that organization. If that organization betrays you, on that mission, is that what you're talking so about? It changes point. their mind? Yeah, and that's that's 100% what the Supreme Court opinion did. Interesting. And, and why it's important, yeah, that's why it's really interesting, because mm. typically, in order to contractually obligate yourself, right, we have what we call the statute of frauds, you have to actually sign a piece of paper, you have to go through the rigmarole that our law says you have to. In this situation, it was almost just a pure unilateral adherence by implementing the terminology within your documentation, right? So it's basically saying, I will adhere, I will I will do this, right? So think about like a Lions Club, Rotary, any kind of organization, a small organization that's part of a big organization, you know, can you basically give all your stuff away by saying, I will I will abide by your rules? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 
It's a little more than that, right? But that's what it's saying. And so it has implications bigger than simply one case. That's why I love the law. Because mm-hmm. in, in the common law, it's a, it's a brick built upon a brick in the road, right? So the road's not already made out in the common law. A case upon a case upon a case kind of takes you in a certain direction. And so you have to follow those cases. If you're not aware of those cases, then you're leading your clients astray, right? That's why at Winslow Law, we always follow the cases. We try to learn it. That's why I love coming here because it forces us to learn this stuff that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. And so th- in this case, they went church by church, like over 20 churches to say, did you do enough to create this, basically this trust with this national church? Did you basically give away all your stuff is what they're saying. And it sets a precedent moving and forward. What has, is there a decision? Yeah. And there was a decision that was made. And keep in mind, this, like I said, this was a 10 year situation Wow, that they were debating about this. And they went church by church and they basically went all the way through every single parish, and every single church, which is amazing. To say this, this led to that. This didn't. Like you know, some churches said we will, um, we will understand and we will respect the church. That's not enough. Others said we will accede to and adopt the canons of the Protestant Church. Like we're going to actually take that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was just simply the terminology. That's how amazing it is. It was just simply how far did you go in your tom- terminology that you put into your own documents of whether or not you actually gave a trust of your property. So about half the churches out of 24, about half of them lost all their stuff to the Episcopal church. Wow. The national church, the other half kept it just because of the terminology that they used or didn't use. And so it was a really amazing, both for so that's it That's why contracts are very important. Both, and that's <laughs> the, the terminology you use wow. and you see it all the time. You know, people come to us over at Winslow Law all the time. It's called loopholes. And, and, and I say, <laughs> come to us before. <laughs> Don't come to us after, <laughs> yeah. right? Come to us before because that terminology, that word, those words, especially in this situation, are so important. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the goal is if you're cre- creating or looking at a contract that you're about to sign, you better make sure those loopholes are pretty solid. You want to tighten them up, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure you know what you're signing. You want to yeah. know what you're doing. And so it's amazing. Another thing, I know, that's like fly through these things, y'all. I'm sorry. Just fly through <laughs> them. There's like so yeah, much stuff. interesting. I, I love this stuff. So if, if, if I'm going too fast, you tell me to slow down. <laughs> but holy cow, I love this stuff. Um, another case in South Carolina, which is interesting because it correlates with the U.S. Supreme Court. There's been a lot of discussion about the Miranda rights. And Miranda rights is actually from a case. It's not in the Constitution. You, know, there's no, you won't find the word Miranda in any governing documents mm-hmm. that we have. It's just a case. Again, our law is built on cases in the common law. Uh, 49 states follow the common law. Louisiana follows the civil law. And so it's really interesting to watch how things play out. And I love Louisiana because civil law is in the Napoleonic Code. It's completely different than everywhere else. I, I don't even know how, what that would so be. Yeah. Well, so I went to law school in New Orleans, which was fun. We'll talk about that another oh, day. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? So I got a chance to study civil law and the common and law. And so did Angie Knight. Yes. Angie Knight, went to law, Angie Knight went to law school with me. We were in the same class. Oh, look at that. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I've known Angie for, uh, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that she's one. A big, she's a big Tom Winslow fan. Oh, I don't know about that now. <laughs> she is. She is. She always talks about no, it. No, Angie and I have uh, been longtime friends. And, and uh, part, so the, interesting. So Angie Knight's over the Grand Strand Law. Great girl. Um, she went to, she did the same thing I did. We went to school together and on our third year, we came back and visited South Carolina because I'm, I'm from Columbia. Um, she was thinking about moving to Myrtle Beach. I said, move back to South Carolina. We went to law school together, opened South Carolina again for our last year. Then we both moved down here after that. Wow. I think she was following me. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. I think she was. <laughs> Keeping an eye on you. But with that being said, so going back to Miranda Rights. So there's a case in South Carolina named Lowry where a guy got pulled over for a DUI. Mm-hmm. And and they basically interrogated him without the Miranda rights, and the and the court basically said, look, you, the police, you initiated this action. You knew what you needed to do. You didn't warn him under the Miranda rights, and therefore you can't use that information against. Do they him. use a body cam to prove that? And that's the biggest thing. So in the DUI, 
our case law and our law basically says you have to have body cam of certain things. I mean, almost almost of everything. You got to be able to prove what you're doing, and they didn't do that. And that's and, and when they showed the video, it didn't show that stuff. Hmm. And, and the recording of all this variety tests, the issue of the Miranda rights, it didn't show it. So basically, his charges were dismissed. Now, the question that's been presented to the U.S. Supreme Court is whether or not the Miranda rights are actually a right, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a law, it's a, it's a statute, it's a case, but is it a right, right? There's a difference between, uh, you know, a law and a right, the Bill of Rights. Okay. okay. So is it your right to get the Miranda? It, and that's it. It hasn't been decided yet by the Supreme Court, but it's really interesting. And I love that. Now, with that being said, I'm. But do you have the right to remain silent? That's the interesting thing. Well, <laughs> show me uh, show me that in the bill. Show me that in your rights. Right. Show me that in your well, rights. Well, it must be in the case law. To a point. Of that case. You have a right not to incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Miranda says. Miranda says, I have to warn you about that. So you have the right not to incriminate yourself, but do I actually have to tell you that as a police officer? That's what the Miranda is, is a Miranda warning. Do I have to, as a police officer, tell you you have these rights or should you just know it? Right. And that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. when, when, when someone's saying something, do I have to come up and give you the. So the Miranda rights are right are up for. Miranda warnings. Right. The, so the Miranda, do I have to tell you about your rights or should you already know those? Do has I that to, been decided? No, it, no. So this what? case, this South Carolina case has, but the U.S. Supreme Court has been discussing really? the Miranda warnings and really how far does that go? So many cases have been blown up because of I this. feel like we're getting close to the end. I see you grabbing the mic. Yeah. Big case coming up today in the U.S. Supreme Court uh-huh. where a football coach was praying on the yes. field and he was dismissed from his job six years ago. And is a, the big thing was is that he would pray silently on the field. After a win or a loss, and everybody said to— In public view. In public view said, oh, no, 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 that's, that's an infringement on people's freedom of religion. And what people are saying is, is, wait a second, what if I'm a teacher and I wear a cross? Mm-hmm. What if I have a Bible that I carry around? That's in public view, right? How far can you push your restriction on my religion where it also restricts my freedom of speech, where it restricts me as a person? Huge case going on. Do you think that's going to—I was listening to that. Do you think it's going to play into the CRT Thing where people who are LBGTQ plus people that want to talk about their personal life, are they going to have freedom of speech to talk about the, the do teachers have to abide by freedom of speech? So, and I think see, and this is this almost goes back to the abortion what? principle. Yeah. You have to apply across the board equally. Right. If I don't want you talking about this um, religion, you can't talk about this. Right. It needs to be streamlined. But the fact is you can't restrict someone's freedom of speech to s- express their opinion. Right. I might not agree with you, but I'll fight for your right to say it. But he wasn't asking no. anyone to pray he was with him. He was just praying. He just prayed. It's a huge case on religion and freedom of speech today in the United States Supreme Court. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I don't think it applies to him because he's just praying. He's just doing a prayer. He wasn't praying out loud. Even if he, he was, was praying, praying even if he was praying out loud, does he have the right to pray out loud? He's not hurting anybody. He's not yelling fire. I was going to say he's not yelling fire in a yeah. crowded theater. So I mean, he's wh- saying thank you, Jesus. Does he have? Does he have that right to do it? That's that's going to be not decided today, but it's going to be heard today, and that's going to be decided. It's, it's a the fact that the Supreme Court took that case is important because they don't have to take every case. So it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamics that work out in that because it's been that's been pending now for six years also. So really, I mean, important I don't case. think it compares to someone, you know, pushing some kind of other agenda on well, young children. Freedom of religion and freedom of speech. There's a lot of components to that wow, that implicate yeah. our daily implicate our daily lives just as citizens living in this area. Right, I'm going to give you homework. Give it California to me. California Assembly Bill 2223. Deal. I'm going to write that down. That's we'll talk your about homework. It two weeks to, from now. I need to understand it. <laughs> This perinatal stuff. Done. Done. Consider it done. All right.
given given Winslow homework. All right. I'll send you the bill later. Tom Winslow of Winslow Law, the Supreme <laughs> Report. Thank you so much. <laughs> she just skipped over that. She just jumped right over What'd that you, one. What did he say? Because he's going to send you the bill later. Do you know how much airtime on the list Calloway show costs? LLC. We're sending you a bill. Oh, watch out. There you go. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Tom. Andy Hazel, Beverly Jones, next. Hold on, deplorables. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers will be right back on Talk 94.5.